What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, New Vision, it's Pastor Brady here. I'm thankful to have a few moments just to share with you on this podcast. I just love hearing from so many of you how you're enjoying learning from different staff members as they're speaking and teaching on this podcast. So I'm thankful for an opportunity today. I want to jump in. We're in 2 Samuel chapter 4. This is a tough passage. I can see why none of our staff signed up for this one. This is a this is a tough one. I want to read just the first uh, verse and then put a little context to it. It says, When Ishbosheth, son of Saul, heard that Abner had died in Hebron, he lost courage, and all Israel became alarmed. So if you're following along, we're locked in this time in 2 Samuel in this massive power struggle. Saul, King Saul, and his son Jonathan have died. And so uh, now David is about to take over and take control in Israel, but Saul still has family members who are fighting for power and for control. And that was Ishbosheth. He's trying to maintain some power, but Ishbosheth really isn't a, a, a good leader, a powerful leader. In fact, Abner who is his general, is the one who's really in, in control. Ishbosheth is almost like a little puppet, if you will. And, and what happened in chapter 3 is Abner can see the handwriting on the wall. He understands David's going to be the next king, so he tries to come over and align himself with David. And in the midst of coming and meeting with David, David's uh, commander, Joab, finds out about the meeting, doesn't like it. He kills Abner. So it's just death and destruction, everybody taking matters into their own hands and not trusting God. And so now we see that Abner is, is dead. And then in, in the next verse, let's, let's read this. Now Saul had two men who were leaders of raiding bands. One was Benah, the other was Rechab. And they were sons of Ramon the Barorite from the tribe of Benjamin. Now, who were these guys? These guys were loyal to King Saul, and they're military leaders, but lesser leaders. And so they are seizing an opportunity now that Abner is is dead. Uh, they're going to go, as we read on in this chapter, they go to Ishbosheth. He's taking a nap, and they come in and they kill him in his bed. They think that by going and, and killing Ishbosheth and then going to King David, that this is going to give them the ability now to align with David. They're going to earn uh, praise from King David and protection from King David by killing Ishbosheth. Now, David's response to them is uh, very different. If you look on down at 2 Samuel uh, chapter uh, 4, verse 9, after these two men have killed Ishbosheth as he's resting, David answered Rechab and his brother Benah, the sons of Renon the Betherite, As surely as the Lord lives, David says, who has delivered me out of every trouble. That's a very interesting statement. You see, in the midst of chaos in this story, what we're seeing, most people take matters into their own hands. Uh, that's what Joab did when he killed Abner. Uh, that's what these two men have done when they killed Ishbosheth. But, but David waits for the Lord to deliver him. He says in verse 10, When someone told me Saul is dead and thought he was bringing good news, I seized him and put him to death in Ziklag. That was the reward I gave him for his news. How much more when wicked men have killed an innocent man in his own house, in his own bed, should I now uh, not now demand his blood from your hand and rid the earth of you? So David gave an order uh, to his men and they killed him. They cut off their hands and feet and hung their bodies by the pool of Hebron, but they took the head of Ishbosheth and buried it in Abner's tomb 
at Hebron. So what is David doing here? He's saying, you know what? You took matters into your own hands. You didn't trust God. And, and that's really easy to do. Sometimes when chaos is reigning in our life, we can kind of spin out and just try to fix things, manipulate things. And that's what these two men did in the, in the sense that chaos was reigning in Israel. Saul's family is losing power. They think they're going to be uh, the odd men out. So they take matters into their own hands and violate a biblical command and kill Ishbosheth, but it backfires on them. And that's really the way it is in our life. Anytime uh, we violate a biblical command and we can justify it because of the difficulty of our circumstance and situation, we think that by doing that, that we're putting ourselves in a, in a favorable position, that it just backfires on us. We, we see that. But I want to do something as I close my time out because embedded in this story of revenge killing, uh, deceit, murder, all of this in 2 Samuel chapter 4, there's one verse that just seems like it's disjointed. It seems like it doesn't fit. So if you look at 2 Samuel chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 4, it's it's right in the middle of telling the story of these these two men, Rechab and Benah. It just, just kind of interrupts the flow of the story. Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet, he was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. What was the news? That Saul and Jonathan had been murdered. So the king is dead. His nurse picked him up and fled. Why did she flee? Because she knows there's a, there's a new uh, a regime in power. The Philistines are now in power, and they're going to come and, and likely just rid um, the earth of any people loyal to Saul, any of Saul's family. So she's panicking. His nurse picked him up and fled. But as she hurried to leave, uh, he fell and became disabled. Uh, his name was Mephibosheth. Now we learn more about Mephibosheth in Second Samuel chapter 9. It's an amazing story of God's grace and mercy. Mephibosheth is still lame. He's living and hiding in exile in a, a city called Lodabar. And King David calls him to his palace. And he uh, gives him back all of Saul's land. He allows him to have... Uh, a seat at his table every single day. He lets him live. And so we see just an incredible picture of God's grace. And so what I love about this is in the midst of chapter 4, 2 Samuel chapter 4, we see so much chaos, chaos reigning, so much uh, sin increasing, but we still see embedded in this story God's grace, a reminder of God's grace. And it really reminds me of Romans chapter 5, verse 20. And Paul says, where sin increase, grace increases or abounds all the more. And so that encourages me. Sometimes we can get discouraged. We can see things spinning out around us, spinning out in our family, uh, spinning out in the culture, uh, things that can just be so, so discouraging. But I'm just reminded by Mephibosheth's story that God's grace always wins. It always abounds. And so I can rest in that and I can begin to look for that. And I'm reminded not to take matters into my own hands, just to trust and wait for God's grace to show up and to really bring about the victory in our own life. So I hope that encourages you today as we go through uh, our life, even in chaotic times, not to take matters in our own hands, to wait and just be reminded, as Mephibosheth's story reminds us, that God's grace wins the day. I hope that God blesses you and encourages you today as you continue to trust and lean into Him. God bless you guys. 
Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.